Hey everybody, this is So Many Sequels. I'm Josh. I'm Garrett. We will be joined by Andrew later in the show for our review this week, but we're going to kick off talking about some of the the, the news items that happened um, in the past yeah. week in the, in the movie world. Kind of a big week in, in a few ways. <clears throat> we're hot off the heels of the Golden Globes. Yes, yes, yes. The Globes. We won't talk um, in depth about them because there's too much. You know, we used to do oh, a yeah, I mean, reaction show. We don't do that anymore. Because why? Yeah. This year, yeah, man. They're not they're not they're not real this year. Nobody I, I mean, I don't think many people watched them. I don't think any I didn't even know what was nominated, didn't see a list, didn't see nothing. Yep. And if I didn't know, I feel like less people knew than so whatever. That takes us perfectly into our first story, which is that this year's Golden Globes had the lowest rating or the, the least watched Golden Globes in history. I believe that, without um, question. I... Last year, in 2020, 18.3 million people watched the Globes. In 2021, it was 6.9. Whoa. Not even a 6.9. Okay, so now listen, this is my question. What are people doing? Like, listen, most people are at home. Sure. Or I think, I think at this point in time, people are still probably just at home. Like, at the very least, like, what else are you doing? Right. I guess well, if you don't know what's being nominated, maybe you just genuinely don't care and want to, don't even want to watch. But, I like, some people would at least turn it on. It was, you know, it was a socially distanced ceremony. No big celebrities, um, really, like you're used to. They're all Zooming mm-hmm. in. Amy Poehler and Tina Fey aren't even in the same room to host. And, yeah, a lot of the big movies didn't happen uh so so bad bad ratings um yeah and uh the big winners of the night for best drama and best comedy musical were were nomadland and borat subsequent movie film two movies that i don't think have major mainstream audiences you know now borat is available on amazon prime a lot of people have that but it it and and i've not seen it andrew's seen it said it was good by all accounts, it seems to be a, a worthy sequel. Um, it's got good reviews, yeah. but I don't think it's a big deal. In the no, same, way. I, I think that as much as people love Borat and the surprise Borat movie, I just don't think that in this environment people care. Yeah, <laughs> and and that's not. To, I just just don't think people care. Like I, yeah. I think people went, oh man, that's cool, but they didn't t- they didn't care enough to take the next step. Yep. to watch it i'm sure more people watched it than i yep. probably anticipate but i haven't seen it either um and but nomadland is one of those movies that um is just kind of typically lower key and kind of builds an audience based off these awards mm-hmm. uh, so that that one's kind of standard so you know yeah. there's no big there was no big movies to root for i think for main for big audiences sure um Another couple news stories uh, to go over before we uh, we go into our review for the week. Mm-hmm. A Quiet Place Two, we got a new release date. Oh, for man. and it's one of the few times that the release date change has been good. So they had moved this movie. Paramount had moved it um, all the way to September 2021, um, a while back, and then just in the past week they moved it up to Memorial Day 2021. So we're getting it several months earlier than expected, um, more than a year after it was supposed to come out. Yeah. Uh, but a good sign that the studios think 
there's a good chance audiences will return to movie theaters. I think um, I think that's a smart movie in a lot of ways that uh, may not make sense. First of all, um, you know, you've got the movie theaters in New York have announced that they're reopening. So I'm sure that that is the first big movie and they really want to try to take advantage of that situation. Um, I think A Quiet Place 2 is a movie that a lot of people are looking forward to, but people forgot about. And so I think that this and, and people love, absolutely love John Krasinski right now. I, I mean, they've always loved right Krasinski. Now. Yeah, but with everything that he's done with some good news during the pandemic, you, you give me Krasinski, that's a big draw, I think. And I think A Quiet Place, if it keeps the same form as it did in the first one is interesting because people want to be quiet in that movie for the most part. I mean, I remember going in there and, and people were so uncomfortable to eat their movie theater food because they could hear it just reverberate because the whole movie is so silent. So it could be really smart to be like, you got to be quiet in this movie. So don't open your dang mouth. So it could be smart. I don't know. I think so, too. And then our, la- our last story to also kind of piggyback off the idea of, of audiences being more open to going to theaters again. Um, theaters in New York City were just allowed to reopen on Friday, which is a big deal. They have been closed um, s- the entire time since March. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of states, including ours here in Oklahoma, reopened theaters several months ago, but New York mm-hmm. remained closed and Los Angeles is still closed. And New York City and LA are the two biggest like uh, box office cities in America. And in some cases, the world. So it's a big deal to have them back, mm-hmm. and a uh, a boost in the in the weekend box office is kind of expected this weekend. Not a massive one because um, the theaters are only able to operate at a twenty five percent capacity with no more than fifty people per screen. So it's going to be hard for those theaters to make profit, but it's a baby step in the right direction. Yeah, for sure. It's good news. Um, it, it might give um, other movie theaters, you know, some some confidence in reopening up. And, and, and yeah, you're going to have to operate uh, at, at a loss for a longer time than you would like. But yeah. I mean, anything moving forward is a positive for a lot of these places that has had nothing. So at least, you know, it still might be in the negative, hopefully in the in the long term that will turn and as people get more confident and feel more confident going out and getting the vaccine and, and doing all that, they will slowly feel more comfortable doing those things again. Yep. All right. That's, uh, that's all our news for the week. Be sure you find us online at, at Facebook and Instagram, Twitter, so many sequels on all of those. We put, we share some stories there throughout the week that we may not talk about, or maybe we do, um, but that's a good place to keep up with us. Um, stick around. We will be right back with our review of the week. Hey everybody, this is So Many Sequels, I'm Josh. I'm Andrew. I'm Garrett. I'm David. (laughs) Woo! (laughs) Uh enthusiasm uh so today on the show we're gonna review a uh uh a pretty big movie but a buzzworthy movie i think this is uh judas and the black messiah mm-hmm. came out um 
I always mean to have it pulled up immediately, and I never do. February 12th on uh, HBO Max, as well as in theaters. It's part of this Warner Brothers deal where movies are coming out um, with a month-long window on HBO Max and then going to theaters. So um, we're going to talk about that today on the show. This movie was directed by Shaka King. I believe it's only his second um, second movie to direct, which is pretty yeah. cool for being a, such a big movie. Uh, produced by Ryan Coogler of um, Black Panther and Creed fame. Mm-hmm. And starring Daniel Kaluuya, Lakeith Stanfield, Jesse Plemons, and uh, oh, Martin Sheen in a yeah. role that kind of surprised me, and and several other great actors. Um, this movie tells the true story, or inspired by the true story of Fred Hampton, who was a leader of the Black Panther Party in the nineteen sixties. Mm-hmm. Um, kind of a story that, at least from my knowledge and experience. I wasn't familiar with him or the story. So I, I don't know that a lot of people are, unless you are um, really like studied up on the time period and everything. Uh, so it was kind of cool to see a story from the 60s civil rights movement of a um, figure I was less familiar with. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll just, we'll start out like we normally do. We'll go around and get first impressions. Um Obviously, if you haven't seen the movie and don't want to be spoiled, there will be spoilers in this uh, conversation, but that enter at your own risk. So <clears throat> I'll just start out by saying I really enjoyed the film. Uh, I really actually don't have anything negative to say about it. It, it. In fact, it's one of those movies where it was, it's really so well made that I kind, I honestly at times find it hard to talk about because I don't have any real criticisms mm-hmm. and I thought it was told really well. I thought it was very well acted. If there's anything I, I feel like I could uh, say about it that made it stand out to me was even though the movie is about um, Fred Hampton played by Daniel Kaluuya, it is Lakeith Stanfield's character who is really the protagonist of the movie. He plays a... Uh, Oh gosh, he basically he's an informant of sorts. Is that what you guys mm-hmm. would, would an informant agree? for the FBI? Yeah, yeah, he's an informant for the FBI, working to who is working to like infiltrate the Black Panther Party and all that. So very good, um, solid all around. Like I said earlier, really impressed with the directing, considering it's uh, King's second movie, and I was really blown away by it. It was intense. Uh, thrilling the there is a climax at the end that was like edge of edge of your seat for me and also just like heart shattering so i liked it thought it was very good mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. who would like i to uh, agree the it? performances are fantastic um i i i don't really have a ton of negative things to say i think that in reflection just to be a little um, poke the, in reflection i think that i would have liked to have, have seen a little more development from lakeith stanfield's character um i think that daniel kalua was just so amazing and he always is i mean i genuinely think he might be the best actor we have right now as far as like just solid performance after solid performance 
turns him out. He's so believable in anything that he does. If he's portraying a real person or a fictionalized character, it doesn't matter. He just sucks you in and, and it is that. And then, and I don't think that it's Lakeith Stanfield's fault. I genuinely don't think that his character was really well layered. Um, and one of the issues that I see is, um, and, and going into a little bit of the history just to read up on the movie and learn a little bit more, um, the William O'Neill considered the FBI agent like a father figure. And I absolutely never got that throughout this movie. Um, and I think that would have given him, he struggled with like one way or another, but it wasn't necessarily where his loyalty was. For me, it didn't necessarily seem like a father figure. It seemed more like he had to do it. Otherwise he was going to go to jail. It, it never seemed like they had this friendly relationship, O'Neill and Mullins. Was that his last name? The FBI uh, agent? Yeah. Roy, I knew that was his first yeah. name. And Mitchell, Roy Mitchell. Mitchell, Roy Mitchell. And yeah. it just seemed like Roy was just always holding this blackmail over his CI's head, um, which contradicts, in my opinion, the, the very first thing you see or one of the first things you see is him saying that he was a father figure. And I just mm -hmm. didn't see that actual struggle. And I think that had they developed that relationship more and had him really struggle because you see him struggling betraying Hampton but you don't really see that loyalty and I think that's one element of this movie that really would have just enhanced it even more again I'm just nitpicking because again the movie overall is very good and the performances are very good but I think that's one element that I would have liked to either see a little bit more just to really kind of get some kind of a feeling for um, William O'Neill tear me one way or another I was never really on his side um, and I don't know if I was supposed to be, but I think that's just the one spot that I would nitpick. Yeah. His character was put in a really, uh, tough predicament. Yeah. What do you think, Where... Andrew? Ooh. Oh, sorry. Sorry, Josh. No, I, I was just agreeing about, I think uh, I got you, know, you, you don't know if you are on, uh, O'Neill's side or not, because on one hand he's doing what he feels like he has to do to avoid getting into more trouble. But on mm -hmm. the other hand, He's informing the FBI on people who are in the grand scheme of things, um, the good, the good side. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I do agree because it's it's a very. Um, well, I'll just go ahead and just give you my give you my review. My review yeah, is shoot it, it, shoot, get it. is is the consensus. It's absolutely amazing. It's one of my. Uh, I wish this movie was released last year because it's uh, it's one of my favorite movies of this year so far, and Daniel Kaluuya brings it home. He really does. Daniel Kaluuya and, and Lakeith Stanfield both. They're they're doing top notch stuff, and this is like this is like a showcase for that. When I was watching this movie, it reminded me a lot of the movie Z. If you haven't seen the movie Z, I highly recommend it because it is also about it is also a political film. It is also about an assassination of a figure. And the only difference between this movie and Z is, is that Z is more of a mystery. This is more like a culmination of events of what's happened and who caused what, what happened here. Uh, but ultimately, the character breakdown that we get is really good i loved 
I love the portrayal of Fred Hampton because there were times at which I'm going to go back to uh, uh, I'm going to go back to Daniel Kaluuya. There were times at which I didn't know that was Daniel Kaluuya, and I love that. I really just disappeared that. into it for you. Yeah, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. like especially when he starts when he's when he's getting up in front of the crowd and he's like getting chant on, like that's some good stuff and you know, he was really rallying behind that. And he was really like, like, like getting, like, like getting the, getting the crowd riled up. I don't know any of the terms of that, but anyway, we'll move on. The thing is, is that like, I thought it was very impeccably directed very well. And, um, yeah, I will say that the, the agent Mullins, um, I do wish there was, I, I do wish there was more development there because because I, I understand that we're probably trying to like maybe understand what he's going coming from like I'm on your side but I'm not really I'm just doing my job but other than other than that other than that no this was like this is like one of the better movies I've seen and it's better movies I've seen this year uh, so far it's only February so <laughs> Um, we'll, we'll see. My only thing is, is that like, I don't really have anything bad to say about this movie. Um, no, it makes our jobs hard. It does. <laughs> it really does. And when, when you walk away from a movie like that, when we walk away from a movie like that, I feel like it's, it's really like at that point in time, at that point in time, like you, you've got nothing bad to say about it. It's so good. It's incredibly good. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, you know, normally I, uh, I put down, I make, I make notes so that mm-hmm. I can try to stay uh, concise and on topic as much as possible. But I, I didn't do that for this film. Um, Cause I was just too into it. I was, I was too um, captivated by it to even like write as it was going on. Um this could be the you know this could be the 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 title of the video is like front runner for best movie of 2021 right now um it's really good the performances are outstanding the writing is so natural it feels like it feels like everything came out of that time for the most part um the story is so raw and real and heartbreaking at times and especially uh, especially at the end it really just gut punches you uh, even though uh, if we, you know, if we like our, our like Josh, you said we don't really know this story. But I'm sure uh, in certain communities, this is a well-known story that is uh, talked about all the time. Um, I think, oops, I kind of think that um, to share what what Garrett said, I think there was a heavy amount of work done to really give you the inner workings of the the titular black messiah in this movie of fred hampton but not enough was done to really make me understand judas uh to make me understand uh bill o'neill i think it's his last name right o'neill yes and i think the effort was there they had this they ditched it though they had this framing device of these docu-series interview that he did where they could have as chapter beats interlaced these moments where bill from the future tells you what his mindset was for this point in time i thought that was a great idea and they had that like maybe twice 
towards the beginning of the movie and then they kind of dropped it and you're kind of you're kind of just with him as he's doing these things but you're not really seeing his reaction to it very much the only other time they kind of get close is he has a bad dream about being caught um and that was a good moment but overall by the end i still really didn't feel like i don't think you want they want us to really uh relate to him or empathize with him but it would be nice to feel like I understood why he ultimately decided to do this. Was it just for the blackmail? Did he care about the movement at all? Was it like, was a situation like, well, I don't really care. Or maybe he thought this was a positive thing to do for the movement. Things that are said at the end of the movie, we get a little more of that docuseries at the end of the movie. He makes it, feel, he makes it sound like he was a part of what worked about this thing. So that's a really interesting takeaway from him to say he was a part of, as he calls it, the struggle. Well, based on what we know from what's displayed in the movie, and I, I assume what we know from what the FBI has released about this case, it seems like he was uh, an impediment to the struggle. So how does he rationalize that? And we find out that there's kind of some sad news to go along with that. Um, so maybe he, maybe he ultimately couldn't, but I don't really feel like we get a full understanding of where he is at all times. We see the struggle that he has being torn between both things. But like you said, Garrett, I don't really see the father figure component. And I think a big problem is, and this is one of my only real problems with the movie is at the end of the movie, there is one of those, you know, you know, this person went on to do this, this person went on to do that type thing that you get with a lot of based on true events. At the end of the movie, they revealed that Fred Hampton, when he died, he was 21. Mm. 21? Daniel Kaluuya did not come off as a 21-year-old in this yeah. movie. And Bill O'Neill's character was like 19 or 20 when Fred Hampton died. So the reason that I feel like the FBI agent doesn't seem like a father figure is because those two characters seemed like they were the same age. Yeah. You know, yeah. uh, Lake Heath Stanfield comes across as a guy who's like in his 30s and so does daniel kalua so the idea that these guys were both younger than we are now being a part of you know a revolution of the 60s movement um that part didn't translate to me because these guys both seemed like they were well into their you know adulthood as opposed to being college age kids um so that's my only real nitpick of the film i think it tells the story perfectly there are some little things that i think could have gone farther um but overall i was just way too into this movie like i i don't know i don't know what else i can say yeah i think that it's just to to look at the story as itself and i think that's a good because i read that too and, and i there are some reviews out there that talk about that and what would this movie have meant in this time if they would have looked you know as young as they were um, it's not a critique or a negative thing, but I think that it's important to remember that movies are not history or historically accurate. And so I think that it, if you want, if you're inspired by this, as you should be to learn more, then you mm -hmm. really need to do some research into it. Um, you learn a little bit more. I mean, and nobody really knows what's going on in William O'Neill's head throughout this movie. You read about, you know, they tell you how he died, that he died um, when the Eyes on the Prize interview came out. But the way that he died 
um, is incredibly uh, foretelling. And I'm, I don't want to get into it because you can go look on it yourself, but it is interesting to see all of the things that line up and, and how he died. Um, then that might give you a little bit of his mindset. Who knows? Um, the FBI straight up murdered this man. Uh, and that is something that you're not taught in, in history books and things like that. And I think it's an important part of the story um, that you don't hear about in, you know, your everyday learnings. And so I think it's important for us to, to not take the movie as historically accurate, but to realize that there is truth to it and go see what that truth is, because that will only help everybody understand the full spectrum of the story. And I think that's important for all movies like this. Don't just take the movie's word for it, that it's all this way, go look into it and then you'll see where the artistic comes in and where the history comes in. Yeah, I agree with that. This is one of those movies where you should uh, definitely research the actual events to see what happened. Um, not just in a way in which, you know, what happened in real life versus what happened in the film, but what were the ramifications and impact afterward um, and everything else. I mean, I wanted to bring up um, J. Edgar Hoover, played by Martin Sheen. You know, he's portrayed as this very angry man who's out to get um, this idea of the Black Messiah and um, crush this movement. And I can see how perhaps if a person were less exposed to history or maybe you're younger and you just haven't gotten into it yet, um, you might think that seems um, over the top, but by by many accounts, Hoover was obsessed with this um, quest of his. He, uh, you know, he really wanted to crush any semblance of a um, black-led revolution in the United States, and so yeah. that's the kind of thing you learn more if you read up into it. You'll find, oh wow. Um, there is a lot to learn about the history of this country, particularly in what is really recent history of the past 50 to 100 years that you aren't really exposed to in schools for various reasons. Yeah, I mean, it's a complicated issue to get into is like displaying just how awful the American government has been at times, um, whether it was, whether it was a situation where it was uh, implicitly done or, you know, subversively done, however you want to look at it. But it's a situation where these kind of stories, I mean, it, how do you broach the story of, uh, you know, basically government sanctioned assassinations? It, it's hard to, you know, what age is a kid ready to learn about that? Uh, I'm not right. trying to justify not learning it, but I'm just trying to start the conversation of, you know, when would you be mature enough to hear that story and not like, and take away what you're supposed to take away from it. Um, it is interesting, Martin Sheen's performance as J. Edgar Hoover, because it's not a, a, a large part. It's, no. a, 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 it's a fleeting part, but he really is just like the devil in this movie, man. He's just gleefully... Uh, racist and, and using kind of in a way using the fear of communism as a way to yeah. justify racism in this situation or the other way around uh, either way um, neither come across as uh, 
particularly uh, uh, what's the word I want to say? relatable or reasonable. You know, neither one where you you know the, this presentation of it, you don't walk away going, well, they shouldn't have ended it that way. But I understand them being being you know interested in following these people. It's like every every element of this was like a bad look <laughs> from the FBI, and right. even the character. Even the character that I guess the closest thing we have to a um, character that maybe would be in the middle would be Agent Mitchell, who doesn't seem to be, they give you enough to make you believe, I think, that he is not necessarily an articulator of these ideas, but he has bought them, you know, he's been told these are your bad guys, these are who you need to go get. And he goes, okay, these are bad guys. They're as bad as the Ku Klux Klan. This is what we're going to do. We're going to, I'm going to do my job. If I was living where the Ku Klux Klan was, I'd go after them, but I live here. So this is where I go after, you know, this is where I've been assigned. But uh, you get little moments where he sort of quizzingly questions what the FBI has done. They talk about how um, an informant to the FBI was a party to murdering another informant for the FBI, which is, pretty daggum sketchy he kind of raises his head at that but doesn't doesn't push on it which is unfortunate um and i i I think there's a real obsession with this this type of story right now because we're living in sort of the second wave of the of this conversation this is coming up now you know what was the black panther and i i guess the civil rights movement of the 60s and 70s has become the Black Lives Matter movement of today. So this story is more relevant today than it even would have been 10 years ago uh, or, or 20 years ago. So this conversation is kind of interesting to look at and draw the comparisons. Glad that you went there with it because that's, that's what I was kind of thinking or what I was thinking as well. Um, you know, you mentioned that, that um, the agent isn't a like, disseminator of these beliefs but kind of goes along with them and i think it is unfortunately easy for people to um kind of fall for these sort of dangerous ideas or mm. to just um follow marching orders so to speak yeah but um when you look at the movie through a lens of today you can see a lot of parallels um you'd mentioned that or you'd brought up that hoover really tries to tie the Black Panther Party and Hampton and everyone to this idea of communism, which was a huge uh, scare tactic at the time Mm -hmm. and has, again, through the lens of today, been a bit reinvigorated where you, you will see today people trying to tie the Black Lives Matter movement to communism. And, you know, you see the movie and yes, you think, this is unreasonable and silly, but then you see it repeated today by people all around us. And it's like, what are we learning from history? And it's, and it seems to be little, we're, we're learning little as a society. And that is, that is, I think the, the main importance of, of movies like this is you want to see this and think things are different now but it is not hard to see that they're not that different anymore. And that's, no. that's what I learned from movies like this, because I, no, I just also recently watched another film that was 
um, a documentary, uh, MLK FBI, that was about um, um, somewhat newly released FBI files regarding their investigation in Martin Luther King. And they did a lot of the same things to him, um, trying to directly tie him to the communist movement mm-hmm. and um, basically trying to accuse him of, of trying to bring communism to power in the United States. In, in 2021, that seems silly, but that's yeah, what and, they did. And, <clears throat> and, you know, you don't even have to go that far because in this movie, they have J. Edgar Hoover himself open up like basically a booklet, a, 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 a scrapbook, if you will, of black men that they've did dispose, disposed, you know, black leaders that they've disposed. He talks about Martin Luther King, talks about Malcolm X. They talk about Bobby Seale, who we've recently been introduced to in the trial of Chicago seven film. Uh, they show him, you know, a, a, a drawing of him being bound and gagged, which, you know, happened in that movie. I, I kind of think it's really fascinating that over the last year, we've had a series of these films. I, if I were you, and if I were you, the audience, and you're looking for three movies that talk about a similar subject, go, go pull up your TV. They're all streaming. Pull up your TV. Watch, watch Trial of the Chicago Seven. Watch, <laughs> watch Judas and the Black Messiah, and then watch The Five Bloods. It's an unofficial trilogy about race, uh, the war in Vietnam, uh, the uh, sort of overreach of the FBI and the CIA of the late sixties and seventies. It's a fascinating three films back to back. Now, Trial of the Chicago Seven, a little bit of a cheesier ending, I'll grant you, and not as much about race. But I mean, this this event with Fred Hampton's happening at the same time as the Chicago riots and the same time as that trial. So it's fascinating that all these kind of things, these tumultuous things could be happening at the same time. And yet we never hear about them really today. Yeah. And another thought I wanted to movies. Another thought I wanted to add real quick that I meant to earlier when you had mentioned the that these these characters of of Hampton and O'Neill are very young men, uh, 21 and and 19 or 20 respectively. Um, It makes it so much more disturbing and scary to me, the links that the federal government went to, to quiet these children, essentially these, these Mm -hmm. young kids, they, they were so afraid of the power these young people might hold. Um, and 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 stopping this this black led movement that that is where you get into this idea of the of people like Hoover and others at the top trying to maintain their hierarchy their power and that is also where you get um where where white supremacy comes into play well and what i think this story does a good job of is putting Hampton in the spotlight. And again, I highly encourage everyone to do their own independent research. Um, But the Rainbow Coalition that they talk about throughout this movie is a real thing. Um, It wasn't just, it was about bringing people, a community together who feel that they're oppressed by the system that they're trying to overcome. And, And for based on this movie, that's what Hampton's focus was, was bringing these people together, bringing awareness to the fact that it's not just this one group of people it is a, a bunch of people who have things in common that they don't necessarily realize that are being suppressed by a system that is not in their favor. And that's what he was trying to bring attention to. Um, he, he constantly talked about the, the, food, or the, the food for kids program that they were working on and, and, and 
how many kids they fed. And that was really important to him. And when, you know, some of his friends gave him money for he and his fiance or, or girlfriend or wife, I can't remember the relationship, but um, for them to escape, he wanted to put that money back into um, a health clinic. So he never, he seemed very community oriented and just wanting to raise awareness. Again, use your, do your own research and, and, and look these things up. But like I said, all of these things that they talked about that he seemed to be his main focus were real things that he put a lot of effort into. And so it wasn't even, I mean, looking back on it, at least the way it is presented and, and seen really was a community oriented uh, movement that he was trying to get that scared them so badly. That's the problem that it's just frustrating. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, it is. Any, any other thoughts on the film before we move on? I think we've had a good, good conversation. Wish I, uh, had, I wish I had more to say, but I don't like it just, that's fine. It, it's like, the thing is, is that I, I love it whenever you get a, I love it whenever you get a film like this, you don't know a lot of history about. You really don't. Like, I, I didn't know anything about this. Knew nothing about, uh, knew nothing about any of these events. I didn't know that, that the FBI, it doesn't surprise me that the FBI would assassinate somebody of this, somebody of this character in this leadership position. But it, it does like, it does just kind of state the fact that, you know, like sometimes these, these things happen. And unfortunately the sixties and the seventies were really bad time. And, and we're kind of seeing a little bit of that history being repeated. Um, but the other thing is, is that what they've done here is represent, represent something that is very important. Uh, and they've done it in a very good way. And, uh, hopefully, hopefully this film gets a hell of a lot more recognition than we're giving it now. Yeah. Um, yeah, my only last thing is, um, I think Daniel Kaluuya definitely deserves a, um, a acting nomination at the Academy Awards this year for this film. Uh, and, and I think I, I don't, I'm not really a good judge of these things, but, uh, I think this should get like a best original screenplay. Uh, um, because I think those, I think those are the two standout aspects of it. Uh, you know, but I, it, whatever, if it got nominations for any, every category, that'd be fine. But, they, um, this definitely I really think those two things, I think Daniel deserves a nomination for this. Sorry about that, David. Didn't mean to cut you off. Uh, no, it's okay. Uh, I did, I think this deserves at least a best director too. Mm. Like, like, be, uh, at least a nomination for best director because this just keeps you going. Like it constantly keeps you going. So, so uh, movies that do that are very rare these days. So. Yeah. Alrighty. Well. That's what uh, I say. So like we said earlier, this movie came out um, on HBO Max and in theaters. Everything theater wise is obviously still super weird and not ideal. But um, I thought, uh, David, you might want to talk about the uh, how it did opening weekend in the box office. Um, keep keeping in mind that it was also available to stream. 
It was. It was. It was a part of HBO and Warner Brothers' big slate of same day releases with uh, theater. And uh, its opening weekend was, I think Josh said earlier, February 12th and 14th. So just last weekend uh, for us. <laughs> um, and uh, it brought in during its three day run two $2 million almost even. Uh, when you include the three-day weekend, because it was President's Day that weekend, it brings it up to $2.4 million, um, which is not too bad when you consider all of the things going into it. Um, it played in about 1,800 theaters. So um, that's about, I don't know, about $1,000 a theater or so. Um, so not bad when you consider that this movie probably could have easily been in a lot more places uh as of recording um, most theaters in california and new york are still closed uh a lot of theaters are still struggling out there so uh, hopefully it'll continue to do pretty well on a budget of i believe just 26 million dollars um there's not really much of a chance that it catches that but hopefully uh hopefully warner brothers kind of i assume they knew that going in so uh maybe this will get a bit of a push if they re-release it in theaters during Oscar season, whenever the, or whenever the awards actually happen, uh, maybe we could get that, but that's really all the info we have there. Um, yeah. So 2 million, three day, two point, what would I say? 2.7, 2.4, excuse me, three, three, four day. Yeah. Who is, uh, who's running our letterbox game this, this no, week? I believe it's Garrett. Tis me. It's Garrett. Right, well. Let's let's play. Let's let's take guesses at what we think this movie is rated on Letterboxd. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Let's see. We've we haven't really started deep into it. Um, I believe David and I are tied at one and one. Is that correct? That's right. That's right. So, right uh, dead tie. Andrew or Josh? I'm thinking of a number between one and ten. Seven. Four. It was seven exactly. So, Josh, you can decide if you want to go first or second. I'll go first. Um, my, my guess is this. I've got to think this this movie, I think it's at least a four. Um, I know it's pretty hard on Letterboxd to get too much higher. I don't even know. I don't even I can't even think how many times I've I've seen movies that were like above four point five. So I'm yeah, gonna guess four point one. Okay. Andrew. <clears throat> Seven. <laughs> I am going to go. I'm gonna go four point three or three because i do or one four three go ahead i do i'm gonna i'm gonna shoot lower and i'm gonna say 3.8 i think that uh like you said josh not a lot of movies break over that 4.0 now it is fresh it is new so maybe it hasn't been lowered yet but i think there's going to be some naysayers who lower it a little bit i'm gonna say 3.8 naysayers horses usually oops I hit the wrong button. Oh, my goodness. Okay. We've got about 43,000 peeps uh, that have watched it. And it has 
a score of somebody got it exactly right. Sorry, I had to stall because my computer was being weird. Somebody got it exactly right. We don't give out a hundred dollar bonus like the price is right. No, that'd be great though, wouldn't that would be great, it would but be we're great. not gonna do that now. Uh the you winner have, this uh, week, vacations. Vacations, yeah. Uh <laughs> the winner this week is Josh with a correct answer of four point one. Hooey. I'm on the board. <laughs> Four stars is the leading rating uh, as far as like individual stars with 14,185, 39%. Give us awesome. a, give us a, give, what's a, what's the top review right now on Letterboxd, I guess. Oh, let's see if I can refine them here. Let's see. I want to see if I can find a good, the, 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 the top one is, uh, you know. Sometimes the top review is always, is, is fairly inappropriate. Sometimes, <laughs> but that's the here, beauty here of two, here are two uh, that are that are high. If your ensemble it has Lakeith Stanfield in it, it's going to be a good film. Devastating from beginning to end, and yeah. then in my opinion, we do not have a more entrancing, magnetic, fizzing, romantic, riveting, endlessly watchable actor in our generation than Daniel Kaluuya or Kaluuya. And I tend to agree at this point in time. I think that he's the best out there. Oh. It's absolutely true, but if but to be to speaking of romance, we would be remiss if we ended this without saying Dominique Fishback. Oh yeah, as absolutely. Deborah Johnson, also fantastic, oh, really sure. good. Yes, she's yes, a very yes. solid uh, 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 performance in this movie. Uh, didn't want to let that get away from us. Yes, and what uh, another fun, fun. That's not the right term. Another interesting fact that they that they showed us at the end in the epilogue is that their son is now the leader of that chapter in Illinois that, that Fred was uh, the leader of, so the chairman of. So very interesting fact that, uh, that it, they pass, passed it on in the family like that. A cool future. Um, okay, well, that, is, that wraps up this episode. Um, be sure to find us online on all your favorite social media networks, Instagram, inst- in- I said Institute, I was going to say Instagram twice, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, uh, hey, Letterboxd, TikTok, what? We we didn't we didn't give it our personal. We keep forgetting. We gotta start doing that before we do the letterbox game. We keep forgetting it. Well, we do keep forgetting it. Um I'm gonna be the jerk. I'm gonna give it a four and a half. Oh, is that a jerk? But that might change. I might by the end of the year it might be a five. Okay. I'm always oh. hesitant to give out that first five star of the year, you know? Yeah, I get that. I was now also, it's a four and a half. I was also going to give it a four and a half. All right. Okay, we got two four and a halves. Josh, you got one because I'm still thinking. You're still thinking? Yeah. I'm stuck. He needs that extra 30 seconds. I'm stuck. Well, I can get, if it helps, I can guarantee you that with two four and a halves, it's almost certainly going to be that at the average. True. Um, I also think four and a half yeah yeah i guess i i'll stick there i'll stick there then i don't even have to do the math <laughs> no four and a half perfect, perfect four and a half perfect average okay there um, we go find us on all the social media channels i mentioned earlier be sure you subscribe to our youtube channel um have you found this we are glad you that you're here and hope you enjoyed our thoughts on the movie we have so many other movies for you to go back and listen to 
um, particularly on our podcast feed, which you should also subscribe to in your favorite podcasting app, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. We're on all of them. Um, and we've got plenty more coming up this year. Fingers crossed that movies keep coming out. Um, things are looking somewhat up. So <laughs> fingers crossed. Uh, we'll be back next time with another uh, movie to talk about. Should come up with like a, I don't know if slogan's the right word. You need a good, you need a good tag out. Yeah. You need a good like, catchphrase. <laughs> and cut. <laughs> I hate both of those. <laughs> oh, come on, we're the sequel show. To be continued. I don't hate them. It works. It works. To be continued. Andrew, do you got one? You used to end the show with a, with a silly phrase. Let me let me think of one. No. Not for this one. Now this is too serious. <laughs> no no a movie silly for phrase old, for this movie. For your old weird no, year old. No, no, no. I, I don't. I I can't think of one for for this. Just <laughs> uh, maybe just keep the peace. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. okay. Let, let me let me think of one though. You, you think you think on that for a while and let us I know. I will. All right. Um, like and subscribe. <laughs> we'll see you next time. <laughs>